I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Happy Football Friday, one and all. Welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on Twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube. And follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, John Daigle from 4 for 4 and Bet Spurts with his favorite prop plays of Week 10. And that's where we will start. Inject betting on primetime unders into my veins. It was never in doubt between the Panthers and Bears that they would fail to score 38 points. In fact, we spotted them a punt return touchdown. Just the fifth of the season. And this game still flew under. And yes... The Bears uh, did cover the number, but NFL night game unders are now 23-7 and on the season, Joe. Pain. So much pain. Uh, Yeah, it was never in doubt. We had one offensive touchdown in the game. One. We we talk about what's the first touchdown going to be. Yeah, well, that was the only touchdown of the game. It was a four-man score. Um, Offensive touchdown, I should say, because – and then that, that's funky, too, because there are some sports books for the first touchdown where, OK, you may have had the player, but you've got it. But some do d- defense slash special teams. Some only do defense. Like, it's really weird. Wait, when you do those sorts of bets, you've got to read the fine print because there were some people out there last night having celebrations. I just had this big bomb. Uh, no, you didn't, because that falls under team. That is not a player first touchdown but anyways uh yeah that was that was rough panthers cover i would say for most people you know throughout the week there was sometimes it was three but i'd say the majority of the week it was four three and a half close three at most books so carolina ends up covering it flies under 12 punts five field goals game was trash like amazon made the announcement that they knew it was going to be so bad in the first quarter when you're bringing in a kelsey and then you're doing like the Johnny Carson. Hey, can you stick around another segment? The game just started. <laughs> like that's how bad that was. Uh, we're gonna. It looks like we're gonna get more of that. But yeah, you're right, Ed. Take advantage. Primetime unders twenty three and seven. We're hitting at seventy seven percent this year. Mm. Who are the Panthers? Like, what is their identity? It's awful. Just terrible. That was awful to watch. Did not enjoy it at all, but still had it on. Didn't do the Christmas decorations. I'm just about to I, ask. I'm with, yeah. no? I'm with you guys. It's, it's too soon. Like, I probably too should soon. wait till after Thanksgiving. 
My daughter might be confused um, why they're up for like four months. <laughs> closer to Thanksgiving. I don't think you have to like if you've got a free day. We don't. There's not many of those. If you've got it during football season, if you've got a free day, you got some time. I I would say go for it. it doesn't have to be after. But okay. Can we can we get to what? What's the date? It's the tenth. Yeah, we got to get yeah. to the fifteenth. At least. Okay. So I'll wait another week. Maybe next weekend. Actually, weekends are busy. Maybe if right. uh, you know there's forty five shopping days left. The schedule. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, the the it's just been awful for Bryce Young. Not quite as bad as last week, but still he struggled again. And I don't know if it's fair to put all the blame on him. Like maybe the coaching staff isn't putting him in the best situations either. And he also we talk about it. You go to one of the worst teams, you know, when you're a rookie that's drafted, right? And so I just think a lot of things are going wrong for the Panthers, but man, he is not looking good. That's... And it's not exactly like that the Panthers had just a ton of wide receiver talent coming into this season anyway. I mean, even last year when they were a tad below mediocre and they were changing the quarterback and changing the head coach, at least they had DJ Moore. At least they had all reliable. Well, Bryce Young doesn't even have that. It has that feel like the Panthers traded away too much to shoot for the stars, and now we're seeing you know the ramifications of that. Now, granted, they had a lot of defensive injuries coming into this one, and somehow they were still able to at least contain the Bajancy uh, to just a handful of points, and so I suppose that uh, means something too. at the end of the day. Yeah, <laughs> he like, sucks too. <laughs> yes, he does. Like, what, what, what else are you supposed to expect from a game like this? Like I said, you spot yeah. the game a punt return touchdown, and then there was never a doubt in any of our minds that this would go under the 38 but yeah it's it's amazing you know panthers somehow still cover a low scoring affair i mean offenses are so bad in today's nfl joe that three and a half is a massive number a massive mm-hmm. number and with two bad teams competing against each other you, you, you gotta go with the dog almost every time right yeah did you see the shots of david tepper last night he yes. looks angry we're only halfway through the season, Dave. Like, mm-hmm. he's angry. Reich was putting it out on Front Street, some of the conversations, how the owner is meddling, and he knows that. And then he was really ticked off when he looked up at the monitor, and then he realized he was on. He's like, all right, what kind of reaction do I give my fan base right now because I can't seem like I'm happy? Like, that that whole thought process was going right. through, <laughs> through his head in real time. It was a wild thing. But here's the other part. And, and yeah, like – I can't sit here and say Bryce Young's a bust, but he's up against it. How long is it going to take for them to bring in some talent? It might be one and done with the coaching staff. It might be just looking at Tepper and some of the stuff Mm -hmm. that's going on there. The Bears have the number one pick right now due to thanks to Carolina. They are going to be big Kyler Murray fans. Like that's the other thing. When are you going to be able to add to this? And yes, he has nothing around him. Yes, the coaching staff is not helping. Helping the switch to OC has not worked. CJ Stroud would look a lot better right now in a Panthers uniform. CJ Stroud would be doing a lot more with what Bryce Young has to work with. So you moved up. You gave up a ton because the owner said that's the guy. He, he he's the quarterback of the future. He's our point guard. All that stuff, and you took the wrong guy too. It, it certainly looks like it. Like if Bryce Young is in Houston, is he doing what C.J. Stroud is doing? I don't think so. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else the coaching staff can do. It seems like maybe they do need to turn the page on that after this season. I Obviously, you've got to keep letting Bryce Young play and see what you have, but it just feels like maybe they're not calling the right plays for him, that they could still make some more adjustments to try to get more out of him and put him in a, a situation to succeed. He went for Here's a 59-yard field goal. 59-yard field yeah. goal because he didn't trust him. Right. Yeah. Bryce Young in a Texans uniform? That would have turned out better for Bryce Young, I think. A lot of this, I really yes. do believe, is organizational. You have you have certain skill sets with Bryce Young, a shorter quarterback, more mobile quarterback, still with a rocket arm. There are things you can do with him, but you do have to adjust. And I don't know if this coaching staff and the play callers have adjusted enough to Young's skill sets. Now, like I said, part of it is just they're bereft of receivers right now. Healthy ones, mm -hmm. competent ones, all of that stuff. I mean, like the fact that Adam Thielen is your go-to guy, that is a bad thing at this point. I mean, mm -mm. seriously? He's your number one? You think you can turn something with it? No, 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 absolutely not. No, the, the, the Panthers are, are a disaster at this point. I don't want to, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater as far as everything with the Panthers, but I do believe that Bryce <laughs> Young needs a little bit more support uh, in order for yeah. this whole thing to work, I and and he's not getting it. He, he's just not getting it. If he were in a Texans uniform, I think things would be completely different. Do want to talk about the Bears a little bit because I think one of the things that we did when the news broke about Montez Sweat is we just hammered the Bears for that decision. Boy, were we just insulting as far as anything and everything involving Montez Sweat. Well, in that contest, he recorded eight pressures. That's the most by a Bears pass rusher in three years. And to me, this is significant for two reasons. Number one, tying down Sweat to a long-term deal, that turned out to be a good decision. And so I think the trade is such to where the Bears look just a little bit better uh, after those ramifications. But the second thing in terms of betting going forward, players going to new teams, I think will be a significant storyline for week 10, especially mm -hmm. involving teams coming off the bye. With that time to get accustomed to their new surroundings, I want to tail their achievements. And I will be talking about that throughout the show today in terms of same faces, new places, and tailing what they can do in those new situations. Okay, yeah, certainly something, uh, one of the main storylines because of the bye weeks that we had just a week ago, and uh, we'll be talking about Sweat's teammate for sure when he was in Washington. But the criticism of the Bears was not about the player in any way. Like, everybody likes Sweat. Everybody figured mm -hmm. he can be an impactful player. I know there were some people out there, oh, he doesn't get the sacks. Like, no, no, that's not, that's not it. Let, let's not, right. let's just, just decide that he's not a good player because he doesn't get the sacks. He's clearly an impactful player. That was never part of the conversation. It was um, even after the contract was signed. Okay, whew, that happened. At least there, there's no, you're going to lose him at the end of the season. It was about if you offer that contract in the offseason, you're a team that's trying to build things up here that you didn't have to give up that second-round pick. That's something we'll never know. We'll never know if, if somebody else would have come in over the top and done that. But, yeah, Sweat looks terrific. And the Bears are looking a lot better. They are. They are trending up. Um, 
it, that that pick that they own from their record is now down to five. I think that's going to continue to fall. They can do a, a couple of things. Unlike these other bottom feeders, Aaron, they can run the ball and Foreman ran for 80 last night and a score, and they can stop the run. They're, they're at least good at something on both sides of the ball, and a lot of teams at the bottom can't say that. Yeah. Uh, on the Montez Sweat thing, there was uh, a rumor that the Falcons had offered a third round pick for Montez Sweat and the compensation included that they would have bumped it up to a second round pick. So maybe that was becoming the going rate for him at that point. And mm-hmm. so far mm-hmm. he's proving to pay off for the Bears. So I understand it probably sucks as a Bears fan that you did give that up, but hey, at least he's not a bust and he's getting it done just so early in the trade, you know? Um, But yeah, I think it's just funny that, you know, people seem to be more interested in the cutaways of Bajan's dad and Justin Fields on the sideline than like what was actually going on on the field last night too. Over the top. (laughs) Over the top. Oh, I mean, they, they touched them all. They touched them all. It was just mm-hmm. a Chicago broadcast. You knew it was going to be Bajan's dad. You knew there was going to be the the sight lines. There was going to be talk about Chicago food. And, yeah, like, it's just, yeah, it's your typical primetime football game involving Chicago. Of course. Yeah, and that's part of the deal. When it comes, though, to the Bears draft going forward, I mean – are, are we at a point where we know the Bears are going to take a quarterback? I mean, I figured, you know, this was going to be the case like for a long time now. But I do wonder in terms of all the struggles with Bryce Young, if this serves as, say, some kind of a warning message where maybe you need to look at someone who's a little bit more of a pro style. Uh, you know, we're talking a lot about who the number one overall pick is going to be because there was a lot of value in taking the field several weeks ago, much less now. And even Mm -hmm. though that value is dissipating a little bit uh, as the college football season has progressed, I am curious, though, if, say, a Drake May type makes a little bit more sense specifically for this Bears offense. And then suddenly you have him. And, yeah, rookie quarterbacks, like, they take some time to develop. But at least if you have someone who's perhaps a little bit more pro style, then suddenly – the Bears aren't bottom feeders anymore. And in that division, it doesn't take a whole heck of a lot to at least be a contender. Who's coaching the team? Who's running the offense? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that it's not going to be Eberflus, which means it's going to be Getze out of here. Getze wants nothing to do with Justin Fields. That's that's yeah. clear. Like the, the entire coaching staff wants nothing to do with Justin Fields. He's probably going to go elsewhere, but I don't expect those guys to be holding those positions next year. So who's going to have the say there? Like, what does, if you get Landa Ben Johnson, what exactly does he want for his offense? Probably something like you're talking about. So, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with everything that you have to say, but who's making these calls? I think it'll be the same general manager. Don't know about the coaching staff. I don't think you can rule out, and I just saw this now, the North Carolina Trubisky connection for them passing on Drake may from ownership. I know. I don't think you can, I like, it's not, it's not a zero. It might be like a 5%, it's not a zero. but it's not, it's a not zero. A, it's not a zero. The fan base would, there would be idiots in the fan base that would be up in arms about it. Yep. But like, if you watch and you, and you think about the lack of experience that Trubisky had when they moved up and made that awful pick, sure. like it's not, they're not even close to the same player, but it, and the other part, Paul, would be people scared about 
what just happened with Fields? Well, another Ohio State quarterback is terrible, too. Like They would be thinking about that. Like, this is a real thing about the same college and all that garbage. Yeah, the other thing, too, is that, you know, when we're talking about pro-style quarterbacks and Drake May, you know, long shot being a contender. Okay, Justin Fields, it's all about the mobility, right? And the deep ball. But we see this time and time again with the NFL. Okay, you had one style. Now you're just naturally going to change it, no matter if it's better or worse. Just change for the sake of change. And I wonder if that gives them a puncher's chance as far as just doing something different offensively. Caleb Williams might be too much of a similarity there. So that would be my two cents. Mm -hmm. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we dive into the Week 10 NFL card, starting with the 49ers and Jaguars. That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to UL Daily, presented by BetMGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And it's time to talk Week 10 in the NFL this Sunday. And we will start with the 49ers and the Jaguars. San Francisco's a three-point favorite with a total of 45. Joe, how are you playing it? Uh, I don't think I am, guys. I'll be honest. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, And now we're hearing more. Like, I don't know where we are with Trent Williams. Like that's been back and mm-hmm. forth. There's not much clarity there. I want to see what he is in the final injury report as far as this goes. But like, I don't I, it when when you're you find yourself going back and forth on a game. Yes, I put it in my top five yesterday because we had to get to the number of five, which has a been a been a problem for me this week, getting to that fifth one. Um, I'm not sure. My initial thought was Jacksonville. Then I started leaning San Francisco, extra time to prepare, but both teams are coming off a bye. Uh, I considered the total. Do we want to do something with the under? But with these two offensive minded coaches, with, you know, the script is probably going to be pretty strong. I I don't know that I want to do that. Um, And, you know, this Jacksonville defense is tough to go against. I guess this is going to be a real test. I know it's Purdy on the other side, but. Obviously, Cleveland-Baltimore we view as the top two defenses right now, and that's going to be a fun matchup that we see this weekend. But the DVOA numbers, the EPA per play numbers would tell you that Jacksonville is third. Like if they're, they're making a top three. You can make a case where you put Jacksonville in that top three. So uh, Debo is going to be a big help. He's been practicing in full all week. But I'm I'm really torn on this game. I, I've heard like sharp betters on both sides of it, trying to figure it out, figure it out. But, uh, you know, Jackson, Jacksonville does play up to the competition. Last, last nine times they've played a team above 500. They've covered all of them, all of them. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to force it here, guys. I'm probably going to pass on it. All right, nobody needed a buy more than the Niners. You mentioned it. Getting Debo, getting Trent Williams back. They added Chase Young. But what are they going to look like? 
if you're not going to bet on this, Joe, I'm going to get wild and crazy here and take a stand. Give me the Jags. I know it sounds crazy that this Niners team would lose four in a row, but why not? Travis Etienne, he's really good. Arguably, he might be the second best back in the league behind Christian McCaffrey. Jacksonville, let's just do it. They're going to make a statement at home. Niners are going to lose four straight. It's time. Oh. This is what they did last year. Jags are taking what? off. I know Paul's with me on this. Oh <laughs> and boy, the Jags boy, defense. Sorry, I buried the lead. Better than the Niners. They are going to make life difficult for Brock Purdy. And I know, I, and I'll let you jump in real quick, but I know I've been railing against Colton McKivitz. The rest of the offensive line is pretty bad, too. Their center, Jake Brendel, mm -hmm. 11th worst, worst pass blocking grade among all offensive linemen who have played more than 50% of the snaps. Aaron Banks, their guard, he's been a little banged up, but also he's 24th worst. So those, like, those guys are in the bottom 15%. And then you've got Colton McKivitz, who's he had a good game last week against the Bengals. So those are a couple good pass rushers, at least according to pro football focus grades. But again, yeah, Trent's... Is he coming back? And if he's not, I don't, and even if he does, Shanahan said he it. Shanahan said problems. Right. And Shanahan, that, that's part of the reason I'm like, oh, man, I don't know about this side. Is he, he was going on record the other day. He's like, the ankle's worse than we thought. Like, he's out there battling. Ooh. We'll see if he can get out there. But it, it's worse than we thought. It's not a high ankle. It's still a low ankle. But it didn't sound like it was good. And no, what it, if it the not. Niners lose their fourth in a row? Like, what happens then? That's interesting. Mm -hmm. But what do you got on this game? Well, I mean, part of it is, like, what if? I, I don't know what you do at this point. I, I mean, th this was very much an investment in Brock Purdy after just a few weeks. And, you know, trading away Trey Lance was, was part of that. And, okay, fine. But this is a really intriguing matchup to me. I know Robert Mays pointed out the 49ers like to have two running backs on the field. Jaguars play a lot of base defense that you can't pass against. A lot of that is because Josh Allen's generating a lot of pressures, about as many in football right now. So that's going to be really intriguing. Brock Purdy, young quarterback, still needing to develop. Like it, it almost feels like that the 49ers are almost in grad school but then they've got that one class that they're struggling with, and it's the one they need the most, and that is quarterback. So that one is going to be interesting. And this is something that I've pointed out a few times now, and I think it really matters in a matchup like this. Brock Purdy, over the last few losses, he has struggled against zone coverage, specifically against cover three. Something you really think about with the 49ers, but the last few weeks, cover three has absolutely baffled Brock Purdy. So it is possible that the blueprint is out on how to slow him down. And guess what, folks? The Jaguars have allowed the fifth lowest passer rating when in cover three. Now, they're not going to play it all the time. I understand that. But they're going to do it enough to confuse a young quarterback who is still in a developmental mode. So in that respect, I think the Jaguars defense could have a phenomenal game. You know what, Aaron? Mm -hmm. You say that the Jaguars can cover this number. I think there is a realistic possibility that the Christian McCaffrey touchdown streak ends on Sunday Ooh. because the Jaguars' defense will do enough to keep them out of the red zone consistently. The Niners have a weak secondary as well, so maybe on the prop side we need to look at how they're going to exploit that. Yeah. 
it's gonna it's the game of the week. It, it there's no doubt about that. It's what mm. we're all gonna be gearing for gearing up for, uh, because the rest of the slate kind of stinks. Might remind us of uh, what we watched last night, but uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating on both sides. And if Jacksonville does pull this one off, think of the conversations we're gonna have about San Francisco, and, you know, and on both sides because Jacksonville's sitting there twenty to one, the same number uh, as the Buffalo Bills for the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll see what Buffalo ends up doing, but like uh, some people are going to say, look, they they're ahead of Buffalo right now in the AFC picture. So, I mean, that could change a lot of people's uh, minds on Jacksonville as well. People that were kind of like on the edge. I don't know if they're quite there with the big boys. I think that would be a sign that they are. Jaguars one seed in the AFC. That's another one I like. Chase Young mm. to record a sack uh, on the other side. That's at even money. That's another play I like a lot here. Uh, in, in large part, just because like he's got that week to to sort of get worked in. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence, I think he'll probably get sacked a couple of times here. So that's one prop I like a good bit. How about we move on to the Titans and the Bucks? Tampa Bay is a one point favorite. A low total, boy, I'm going to say that a lot. Low total of 39 and a half, Joe. What do you like here? I like a number of uh, of betting angles in this one. Look, I've said it all week. I thought what Levis did last week was impressive, going on the road under the lights, being in that game against the Steelers' defense, which is, you know, maybe not top five, but definitely a top 10 defense. And on the Bucks side, do you trust them? I don't. They have played awful ball. Over the last month, we know they're going to stop the run and Tennessee likes to likes to run it. But that leaves Levis to pass. And I trust that connection that he has with Hopkins right now. Um, the Bucks defense over the last month, EPA per play, dead last in the NFL. Dead last, even though they could stop the run. Uh, it's been a rough month during this four game losing streak for them. I like the Titans. You could find them at plus one. We'll see where this goes. Wouldn't surprise me. By kickoff, if this flips in Tennessee, actually ends up being favored. I think the prop market is really interesting. The Levis passing yard number is only 212 and a hook. And it's it's jumping up some spots, have it up to 217. I I think that's a good number. The connection is clear with Hopkins that he has. Now, it was only four catches last week, but he targeted Hopkins 11 times against that Steelers secondary. 59 and a half yards. Really? 59 and a half yards against this Buck secondary? Yeah, like, that's a good look for Hopkins. Hopkins scoring anytime touchdown. I see a plus 190 out there. That's a good look. So uh, I'll be back in the Titans in a few ways, guys. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. Listen, if Will Levis goes over his passing prop, Joe, I'll get an arm tat for Monday and just flex all day. <laughs> let's, wow. let's go. What a Two twelve and a half. Are you so you're saying it's not happening or are you are you with it? Is this No, you, you, I love it. I'm with it. I, okay. I low key want it. Yeah, I'm here for okay. it. I like Will Levis. Now his arm tat, as I said, is slightly obnoxious, but the guy backs it up. So it's only really can count as obnoxious if you're not backing it up on the field. But he knew what he was doing with that tat. He knew he he had a cannon. So I'm with you. I mean, this I like too many dogs this week, which really scares me. Really? <laughs> because I'm not a yeah. huge underdog. After all the favorites better. we saw and last now week. I love exactly i don't know why i like all these dogs but maybe this will flip like you said as we get closer to kickoff but i just think there's a little extra juice with this titans team now that will levis has taken over so and the bucks have just been terrible and inconsistent oh man so i'm a little bit more torn about will levis deandre hopkins all of those things uh in large part because on the one hand joe you're right that this Bucks defense uh, may have some exploitable weaknesses, uh, in large part because Jamel Dean is in concussion protocol. So that should be a cause for concern. But say, if this entire Bucks defense were healthy, I probably would go under DeAndre Hopkins' props, in large part because the Bucks have been really good defending outside the numbers. Uh, one of the higher rates in football, they face uh, passes outside the numbers. But the success rate allowed is sixth best in the NFL, 59%. Third best for the Bucks in completion percentage over expected at minus 3.4%. They've had great one-on-one matchups with their defensive backs for a long time now. And especially in a matchup like this one with a younger quarterback, I do feel like that normally I would back the Bucks, but the injuries uh, make me a little concerned here. So I'm not going to push against what you're saying. I'd say just do it with a little bit of caution. So that's something that I would uh, you know, look into. But as far as props I like in this game, I don't have a play on the side, but should I just run it back with Rashad White under rushing yards at my at uh, under 50 and a half at minus 120? It's never a bad bet. Because I just don't trust this. 
Yeah, like, never, I, yeah. I just feel like running it back over and over again with uh, fading the Bucks rushing attack, I think, is just fine here, especially against like what the mm-hmm. Titans defense can do, and that is contain the run. Uh, big part of the like handicap. It. Back to the Levis tattoo, the meaning behind it. Be strong and do not give up for your work will be rewarded with a t- oh. with the Titans cover. What with the Titans cover? I I just added that part. So now you're all in. Now you love the tat. You've been annoyed. I can't figure it out. You've been annoyed by it. Then you were all out. Now you're all yeah, in. Yeah, but he's good. He's okay. good. I like what I'm seeing from him. So now, now I like it. I'm all in. <laughs> you know, Kurt Cousins. If you got a tattoo on your arm, I, yeah, I if he yeah. was healthy. Mm-mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He had a, an what? arm tattoo. Kirk seems like a don't put a sticker on a Bentley type of guy. He's not getting a tat. <laughs> or a Honda. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. A Bentley. I, I was going with a minivan, but all right. <laughs> I like that. No, Kirk seems right. like the type uh, of guy that when you get a tattoo, he says, you know, that's forever, right? Yeah. True. Yeah. Probably. He All right, even get uh, Colts one and Patriots. Indy, uh, one and a half point favorites here with a total of 43. This game is, is playing, uh, being played in Germany. Uh, definitely the antithesis to last week's Germany game. Achtung, Joe. I hate these games, these morning games. I hate them. They just annoy me. It's like, oh, you know, you know, the biggest reason I hate them is not because you got to wake up earlier. I'm up anyways doing the show is that sometimes I forget to make bets and all of the like weekly leader markets get taken down, like stuff like that. Some a lot of futures. If you're like, oh, I got to get that bet before the week gets in because that's going to move. Like those get taken down in a lot of places because the, the week has started. So I find it to be a nuisance. And I know fantasy football people, if you're out on a Saturday, sometimes you might forget to check your lineup or you don't wake up early enough to check the injury report if something's in question. But anyways, we get it. It's it's uh, the Colts and the Patriots. Minshew against Mac Jones. Get excited. Uh, it was actually a good game last week. This week, uh, not so much. Are we sure the Patriots defense is strong? Like, no. Even when... Whatever we say about the Patriots, we're like, wow, you, you got that Belichick defense. And Mm-mm, if you look at the, the – yeah, overall, like they're good against the run. <laughs> Steve but Belichick overall, defense, really. they're not very good. And last month, they're second worst EPA per play on the season, 26 EPA per play. And we know how uh, – how bad Mac Jones has been this season, but they don't have any other options there. I was considering uh, going under with these two quarterbacks, but the reason I didn't, it's just these Minshew games, these high wire acts sometimes, they just get completely out of control and it makes no sense. And his offense somehow puts up a ton of points. You never know which Minshew is going to show up. I'm off this game, really not interested in it. I guess I'll watch it because it'll be on, but whatever. Yeah, the only thing I like about this game is the fact that there's something, some football on in the morning, so I don't have to watch Coco Melon. Other than that, I'll have no plays. Coco Melon. <laughs> uh, here on the West Coast, uh, I can sleep through it, so uh, that will also yeah. be a pass. I mean, my model is actually telling me to go with the Patriots, but the Mac Jones mm. competency question, I, I can't answer it. So this is a stay mm-hmm. away. I will sleep in. 
all is right with the world. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, can Josh Dobbs do it again? He's a short home dog versus the Saints. We'll look at our plays for that game and Packers-Steelers right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Let's get back to the games. We've got the Saints and the Vikings. Saints were two-and-a-half-point favorites uh, earlier. Now they are three-point favorites at the Vikings with a total of 41. Joe, how are you playing it? So we know the Saints defense is strong. Uh, third and success rate against the run, you can never do that. Just overall, uh, they're a tough unit. And, you know, they've had their issues from time to time. But most weeks, they're one of the better defenses viewed as top five overall. Don't look now, but all that chatter in the first month or so is way gone on the Vikings. And it's not that they're an average defense. It's that they're damn good. It, it took a little bit of time. But, you know, you know, all the attention goes to everything going on offense with the Jefferson injury. And by the way, he, he comes out and he says, I want to be 100% before I return. So even though he is getting limited practices in this week, it doesn't sound like he's going to be back. Uh, of course, with the Dobbs story and the Cousins injury and some of the other injuries going on in offense, K.J. Osborne, uh, you know, he missed a game. Um, they, that get, that's like, it's all the attention. Cause you have the head coach. That's the offensive minded guy. And shows like us, we're, we're talking about, Hey, is there a path for O'Connell for coach of the year? Do they have to win the division and all that? Not paying attention to what's happening with that defense, like just overall. And I'm not saying trending or what they've done in the last month. You look at that defense overall, they're a top 10 defense according to the numbers. They're 10th in, in uh, defensive DVOA last month. They've been number six. EPA per play. So you got to give Flores a lot of credit what's going on here. And guys, I um I look to the total. I'm gonna play under. Doesn't this seem like an under game with Carr against Dobbs and these two strong defenses? I'm gonna uh I'm gonna play the under 41. I like that. This feels like a Viking spot for me again. I mean, New Orleans has been very disappointing against the spread this season. And I think Josh Dobbs more time to prepare. We're going to get more out of him. And this can be, you know, an offensive roster, obviously Justin Jefferson still missing, but he returned to practice. Um, So hopefully he'll come back soon. But um, I think this should be a very competitive Vikings team. And I like them to cover this number. I'm also going to side with the Vikings here in large part because when we're analyzing the Saints defense, there aren't a whole lot of examples this year when they were going up against mobile quarterbacks. And Dobbs, yeah, his all-encompassing quarterback numbers haven't been great. But one thing you can say about him is he's got wheels. And so I wanted to look for examples where the Saints defense was going up against mobile quarterbacks and see how they did when they took off scrambles, designed runs, all of that stuff. Dating back to last year, The Saints have a defensive success rate of 49.2% against quarterback runs, both scrambled and designed. That's the 10th worst in the NFL, folks. 
There is also the matter of Derek Carr, who does throw deep at one of the higher rates in the NFL. And Mm -hmm. Joe, you mentioned how great Brian Flores has been developing this defense over time, maintaining that blitz rate while also making sure that secondary is more than comfortable going up against good receivers. And look, Here's another example where they may be able to clamp down Derek Carr, who you know is going to try and chuck it, especially when he sees a fifth, maybe even a sixth, oncoming pass rusher. So in that respect, yes, and under 41 makes it. I mean, it's funny that you have a total of 41, uh, and we're considering that a slightly higher total. So definitely the under yeah. makes sense just as far as context. But more importantly than that, I think the Viking side is the play here. I think the line is moving in the wrong direction. Carr will try and force the ball into difficult situations. So I wouldn't be surprised if he throws an interception in a game like this, or there are a lot of errant throws where drives are stalling, uh, especially on say third and short. And you're like, why did you throw the ball there? You just needed to get a first down. I expect saints fans will be saying that a few times in a game like this. And it's funny when I was talking to my friends at WWL yesterday, that they love to point out the bad history the Saints have with the Minnesota Vikings regular season and playoffs. And there's always a discomfort when the Saints have to take on the Vikings. And I suspect that will continue this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with that. It's um, I, I just, when I, I did consider the Vikings in the spot and the point spread now makes a lot more sense. Now that we got to three, when it was sitting at two and a half, I found, Eh, it, it a little bit troublesome, but uh, how do you feel about a Minnesota teaser? Getting to that eight and a mm. half, nine range. Ooh, it's a lower I love total, that. but you would think at home, like, are the Sa- Saints going to go up there by double digits? I, I think the Vikings can win outright. So I love that yeah. in a teaser. Mm-hmm. The, the it, other thing about the, the true Saints long thing- teaser, but yeah. Yeah. It was, and now it isn't at the moment. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> you know, it's just right. Like, if it bounces back the other direction, then pouncing on it right when that happens, that's definitely the play to me, Aaron. Yeah, and Joe was talking about both these defenses being really good. The Saints have 18 takeaways tied for an NFL best, but you look at a Dobbs interception, he doesn't have a ton in such a small sample size, but it's like minus 145 or something crazy like that. So pass for me. Get you a significant other the way Pete Carmichael loves Alvin Kamara. He uses him early. He uses him often. He uses him late. We know this. No matter the defense, Alvin Kamara is going to get a bunch of carries and a bunch of targets. So when it comes to props in this game, anything that involves tailing Alvin Kamara's, you know, say rushing attempts, receptions anything like that should be fine here i settled on over 51 and a half rushing yards i think that works here but i think anything involving camara as far as props are concerned should be just fine here joe yep yeah i don't i don't have a problem with that yeah they target him so much uh they didn't need him a lot last week so it felt like that's why uh he didn't get as many looks but probably going to be a closer game than what they they were dealing Mm -hmm. with uh yeah, so I, I could agree with that. Let's move on now to Packers and Steelers. Pittsburgh's three-point favorites. We've got a low total of 39. Joe, how do you see this playing out? Yeah, it's an awful quarterback matchup. That's why we're seeing so many low totals. That's why unders are hitting at such a high rate. You've got love against Pickett. 
Like Jordan Love finally ended his, what was it, five-game interception streak uh, that ended last week because mm-hmm. he didn't have to pass because going against Mark Rippon, who th- the Rams just like, get out of our face, please. Like, just leave the organization. We don't want you here. You were so terrible. Get out. And that's exactly what they decided to do. So is that going to continue? He's going to have another game where he doesn't throw a pick uh, against this defense on the road? Pittsburgh, uh, probably not. Probably not. Look, Pittsburgh's the only play for me as far as a side. It's the only one I would consider. Uh, the hook is gone. So now that we're at three, I don't think it's the worst look in the world. But I just, I do have a fundamental problem with laying points with Kenny Pickett. And laying a field goal with Kenny Pickett is always a tough look for me. But Love should have his struggles here. And and I'm back to it. I mean, the Packers are middle of the road defense. They're okay. But uh, the Steelers are top 10 and trending up. A lot of undersigns here. I feel like it's another yeah, under, under under matchup with this poor quarterback play. I agree with you. I think the Steelers and their ability to generate pressure, it's going to make it a very tough day at the office for Jordan Love. So his passing prop is all over the place. 212, 214, 216 and a half. Whatever it is, maybe under, but that is a low number already. Maybe to get an interception. Are you guys looking at Jordan Love uh, to have a bad game anyways to uh, bet on that? Jordan Love to throw an interception on BetMGM is minus 190. Woo! Okay. That is... That is... That is Bentley expensive. How about both? Oh, by the way, my Jordan Love rushing prop did not hit last week. We were on a nice little run. Only seven rushing yards last week. Yeah, I'm I'm off. No more. (laughs) It was going to end at some point. Yeah. By the way, Kenny Pickett to throw a pick, uh, minus 135. So... You will be uh, paying a steep price if you believe that interceptions will be thrown in a game like this. And interceptions will be thrown in a game like this because both Mm -hmm. defenses have been playing well. Both defenses do have superstars in this contest. You know, as long as the Steelers defense is clamping down on intermediate and deep throws, which I think Jordan Love loves to air on the side of, uh, especially when he's under siege, I think the Steelers will be just fine. But look, the Packers defense... It's been great, too. Rashawn Gary averaging a career high in pressure rate. Carrington Valentine, uh, if you haven't heard of him, he's covering like a blanket out there. Jair Alexander, I know he's taken a step back. He may not be out there, but I wonder if one of the reasons why he's taken a step back is if it's something physical. So maybe taking a game off just so they can evaluate him, figure out what's wrong. That may be what he needs so he can get back to form. But this is a deal where both quarterbacks are going to struggle going up against two solid defenses. And inherently, you have questions about them to begin with. So, you know, other than under passing yard props, interception props, I don't know what you do with this game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going under. I could see, I could see a Pittsburgh defensive touchdown. Honestly, Mm -hmm. if you you just see it, you just see a a strip sack from Wad and somebody rumbles in something, something like that. But you're right. That, that interception prop is uh, tough to bet on the love side. There is a minus one Oh eight out there on Pickett, So that's pretty close to even money. uh, If you end up shopping around, but, 
yeah, I'm going to Steelers seven and one to the under this season, like so many teams. Uh, I, I, that's my play here. That's my only play. Steelers fans deserve better than a game like this. Terrible towels deserve better than this. They'll take the win and move to six and three. I think they're fine that's with that. Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? That is nuts. I, I mean, that team. Man. I mean, what is it? They're getting outgained in, in just about every game, and they're still, you know, every game. touting a winning record. That could happen again every game. here. Yeah. Yep. That could absolutely happen again where Jordan Love outguns Kenny Pickett, but because of a defensive touchdown or something of the sort, they win again. Special team, mm-hmm. short field, whatever it is. But, yeah, that, that feels highly like it, likely, actually. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, John Daigle shares all of his favorite prop plays for Week 10. That's right here on the BetQL Network.